Well, hey, hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Amazing Seller Podcast. This is episode number 202 and session number 59 of Ask Scott. This is where I answer your questions here on the podcast. You submit them via voicemail, and I go ahead and I try to answer them the best that I can. And this is the first episode that I'm recording since being in Denver. We actually were in Denver. I was at a conference there called Rocky Mountain Resellers Conference, which was really, really awesome. I was able to speak there and do a closing keynote. Really, really a lot of fun. I was on a private label panel. Really awesome time, and I'm really excited to dive back in and start recording some more episodes here. I've got a lot of content that I'm going to be sharing here in the next few weeks. Uh, so yeah, I'm really, really excited. Now, if you guys are brand new to the show and you want to submit one of your questions to ask or for me to answer here on the show, just head over to theamazingseller.com forward slash ask, and what you'll do is you'll say your first name, a brief question, and ask a question, and I'll go ahead and do my best to answer it, all right, and you guys that are longtime listeners, you guys know I love doing these because it's literally like us being in a room together or a coffee shop just hanging out, and I was able to do that in Denver. I was able to have a lot of great conversations with a lot of great people and a lot of listeners, and I also was able to have my very first live event where we actually had 30 people come to an event called TAS Breakthrough Live, which was amazing, by the way, and uh, we did 10 hot seat sessions, and it was just a lot of fun. I met a lot of great people, and everyone that was there, if you're listening right now, you guys rock. It was amazing, and I'm really still excited, and I can't come down from that high because we had such an amazing time. Just the conversations even after the event, at dinner, uh, whether it was in the lobby, wherever, we were just hanging out, having drinks. It was an awesome, amazing time. We actually uh, recorded a little pre-party on Periscope. If you guys want to check that out, head over to the show notes to this page, which is episode 202, so that would be theamazingseller.com forward slash 202. Uh, go there. I'll have that video up there where I periscoped it. And uh, yeah, it was us just getting ready to uh, to kind of get to our a live event. And it was just awesome. We were just hanging out in the lobby. Uh, so really, really awesome stuff. But yeah, at this event, we talked about some really advanced stuff as well. Not just, you know, the basic how to get started stuff. We talked more high level stuff in some cases, okay, not in all cases, but in some cases, and uh, it was just awesome, people's heads were spinning in a good way, I had a lot of people say, Scott, I didn't know what to expect coming here, but after coming here, my head is spinning in a good way, it means that I have things that I can still learn, and that I can still grow upon, so uh, just wanted to say, we had an amazing time, wish you all could have been there, but I am going to be bringing you some highlights uh, in the next few weeks, and uh, I'll be sharing those uh, you know, with you. So again, just want to give a shout out to everyone that attended and uh, just say really nice meeting you guys. And even people that were at the Rocky Mountain Resellers Conference, I want to say thank you to Travis for putting that on. Amazing show. A lot of work went into that. But again, I just wanted to give a little shout out to him and uh, and his team because they did an amazing job there as well. All right, guys. So I am going to stop uh, talking here because I'm so excited. But what I want to do here is go ahead and listen to today's first question, and then I'll go ahead and do my best, and I'll give you my answer. So let's go ahead and listen to that. Hey, Scott. How's it going? Uh, my name is Ursi, and uh, I've been listening to you for about two weeks now. Just want to tell you I'm very appreciative of what you're doing. I'm um, listening to you every day during my commute back and forth, 
and uh, have really learned a lot. It's it's almost like you're my uh, my my private mentor that has all the answers. Literally, I feel like I'm getting new answers for every episode that you write. So, just thank you, uh, thank you very much for that. I'm sure everybody else is very much appreciative of it. And uh, you know, I, there's just one thing that I was I've been kind of unclear about as I'm starting my FBA journey. So let's say I pick a product. And, uh, you know, I've contacted a supplier. I got the samples. I really like what I'm seeing. And I reply back to them saying, okay, we can go uh, we can go ahead and go through with our first order. Now, how does it work as far as packaging or, um, you know, with my UPC code and branding? Like, how does that all that work? Am I emailing this stuff to them? And do they have to print out my logo or whatever the case might be and stick it on the package? Or, you know, I'm like I said, I'm new at this, so... I'm not sure how it all works out. So if you can answer that for me, I really appreciate it. And uh, keep doing what you're doing. Thank you. Hey, Ursi, thank you so much for the question. And uh, yeah, you know, we've talked about this before, and I know that there's a lot of stuff that we've already covered on the podcast, but I'm going to answer this briefly here on this episode, but I would urge anyone that does have questions to even just go over to the blog and use the search field and just type in like your question. So in this case, it would be like UPC codes or um, FNSQ or packaging, and you'll get anything that was discussed in these blog posts. We are also, I should have probably mentioned this earlier, we are also including transcripts uh, to all of the episodes now, so you can even search uh, the you know the, the blog, and if it's something that was said in the show notes, it'll come up, so it makes it easier to search the stuff as well. So um, again, just wanted to say that if you guys wanted to check out the show notes, uh, again, this episode is 202, so that'd be theamazingseller.com forward slash 202, and then the transcripts are there for you as well. Okay, but let's go ahead and, and answer this question, because I do get this question quite often, especially from people that are just getting started. So the quick answer is this, is like if you're just testing a product, you don't necessarily have to brand it, okay? Because if you're just doing a test order, you don't necessarily have to do that. Now, you will need a UPC code in order to create your listing. That you will need. Amazon will only allow you to create a listing, okay, if you have a UPC code. So you'll need that, but you don't necessarily need it on the package. Now, I believe that you should have it on your package um, because this way here, if you ever wanted to go retail, you could, but also it identifies your product better from a hijacker. So if you have a hijacker, it's another another mark on your package that you could claim as yours, okay? You can even have it printed on the inside of the box, all right? So uh, the, the uh, UPC code, uh, you need to create the listing. Amazon requires that, but you don't need it on your box, but it's a good idea. Now, if you are going to directly ship it to Amazon, or even just ship it in uh, without directly shipping it, but you're going to ship it yourself or whatever, you know, you're going to have to have an FNSQ number on there, okay? That's a number that Amazon gives you for that product. That's their UPC code, in a sense. That's their identifier. Now, you can have them label it. It'll be 20 cents. They'll, they'll label it for you, and they'll label it right over top of your UPC code so you, they don't get confused. So if you have a UPC code, it's going to be covered up by this label. Or if you know your, your FNSQ number, which you can find in the back end of your listing, once you create it, you can then just print that barcode on your package from your supplier, and then you're off to the you know you're off to the races. They're they're going to go ahead and be able to scan that. Okay, but to simplify things, you might just want to have them do it at first. To answer your question though, as far as like branding goes, those are things that you're going to have to create. Okay, you can have them print it right on the box, right on the packaging, and it is a good idea to do that because now again it creates your unique package to your brand. 
So this way here, if someone is going to jump on your listing as far as a hijacker or something like that, you'll be able to prove easier, okay, uh, not always easy, but it's easier if you have a mark on your packaging or if your packaging is unique. So moving forward, you're probably going to want to have some type of unique packaging, okay, or insert card or, or something that identifies your product to make it more unique. Uh, now, again, this you don't have to have this. Amazon, Amazon doesn't require it at this time. Now, I was talking to you know a few people at the event that we were at, and some people were saying, like, I think eventually Amazon's going to start cracking down on people just submitting stuff in a poly bag, and that may be the case, okay? So probably sooner than later, you're going to want to Go ahead and have some type of unique packaging, okay? But for you, if you're just starting, you want to get some, you know, uh, you know, product in there, and you want to get it tested, and you want to see if this thing's going to move at all, then you know, simplify that process. Use one of their stock boxes, one of their stock packaging, and then just dress it up with your logo, with your branding. So this way, here you at least have it marked with your stuff. Now. In the beginning, if you're ordering samples and stuff, they're going to charge you an additional fee to put your mark on it, even in a sample. That may not you know, need to be. You may just have them send you a sample so you can see the quality of the product and not necessarily have to go through and have them spend the extra time and the money to brand your logo on there. Now, if you have something that you're afraid that if you market, like let's say that you put your your brand name on the the uh, the the plastic, let's say, on a handle, and you're afraid that it's going to rub off, then yeah, you might want to have them do that so you can see the quality of it when they print it. That may be something. But if you're just printing something on a box, you don't necessarily have to have your stuff on there. Um, it may be a good idea if you're going through some custom boxing and stuff like that at that stage. But right now, again, we're trying to get product to market so we can get it there to see if we can get some traction. All right, so hopefully that's answered your question. Again, on the blog, there's a ton of information that we've talked about this in the past. Just go there and search for whatever you are, uh, you know, asking questions about or whatever right there in the search field. And I'm sure that there'll be uh, definitely some blog posts or podcasts that we've talked about certain topics that you might be, uh, you know, maybe interested in at this time. That goes for anyone listening right now, not just this one question. But again, thank you so much for the question. Hopefully that's helped you. Let's go ahead and listen to another question and I'll give you my answer. Hey, Scott, this is Adam. Uh, I had a question I've never heard you answer before. Uh, the nature of my product lets me add SKUs almost indefinitely, and I could very easily do them all as separate listings, all as variations of one listing, or I could try to categorize them a little bit and have uh, a variety of listings with multiple variations. And because I could so easily do this uh, any of the three ways, I'm trying to decide what the pros and cons of each option are. Um, I have one listing already on the front page, so obviously adding a variation to that puts it on the front page. Uh, but I also feel like doing a number of different listings with different keywords and different images that are all on the first one to four pages uh, might also get more eyeballs. So I just thought I'd get your perspective on... Uh, individual listings versus variations for a product that could go either way. Thanks. Hey, Adam, thank you so much for the question. And you're in a good situation, man, because you've got, like you said, a ton of options here with 
you know, skews because what you're talking about is taking a product, having it as a parent, and then having multiple childs underneath that parent, right, of that listing. And the beautiful thing with that is, like you said, is if you're already ranking on page one, that's where I would start, right? You're already ranking there. So now add those variations to the mix. So this way here, people that are already coming to that listing are going to see those other options. Now, you bring up another good point. If you have a way that you can you know, categorize these in different, you know, different ways so you can come up on page one for two or three different listings. I, I wouldn't go crazy. I wouldn't say like, okay, I can do 12. So I'm going to go ahead and do all 12 unless it made sense. I would probably start and try to shoot for two to three and then be able to put those variations underneath each one of those. It's, it's easier for you to focus on getting those three uh, listings to rank also the reviews and to manage, right? It's going to be that much easier. The nice thing I like about this, though, I have to say, Adam, is you're able to create these different SKUs underneath different listings, but also on their own listing, and it also makes it almost like you're independent, right, Uh, as far as each product goes. So what I mean is, let's say, for example, you had a problem with refunds on variation number one on product one or listing one, well, it's only going inter- to it's only going to interrupt that one variation, not the entire listing. But even at this, let's say you have three listings created, and you have one of your listings get taken down for whatever reason, or uh, maybe it gets hijacked. Well, the other two are still there independently on their own; they're not dependent on that one. So, you have a lot of different options. My personal opinion, if it was me. I would take that one that's already ranking and I would try to optimize that one right now because it's the easiest thing, right? We want to do the thing that's the the easiest thing that we can do right now, the quickest, and that would be probably step one. Step two is I'd pick the next one that was that I felt that I could rank and that would also be independent and it would make sense. Again, that's the key word here. It needs to make sense. You can't just throw up these listings just to try to take up real estate. It, it needs to make sense, right? But like you bring up, bring up another good point. You can have multiple images now, right? So when you, and for anyone listening, and this is a little bit over your head, don't worry about this stuff. Just try to understand that a product is, uh, you know, or a listing that has a product or a parent child. That's how it works. Underneath that, you can have multiple variations, whether it's sizes, whether it's colors, um, bundles, any of that stuff, right? So the beautiful thing with this here, like I said, is you're able to have multiple ones show up on page one, possibly, and then you also get to have different images, like you said. Like, you wouldn't want to have the same garlic press show up three different times, right? That just would be kind of redundant. But if you had one that was red and one that was yellow and maybe one that had a black handle that was a you know a, a certain style, right? You got three different ones that could attract three different buyers, or types of buyers, and that's what that image does, because you guys have heard me talk about this before, right? Your title gets you found, okay, because that's what helps you rank, and that's also what people search for. They see that, right? But that's what gets you found. That's what gets you on page one, that in the back end, and there's other factors. Your picture, your image gets attention. Well, when you get attention, guess what? People click on it, and then guess what happens? When they get in there, now the listing has to sell them in a few different ways. Price, that might be one, right? So if you have variations, you might be able to have different price variations. So it could be a low price up to a higher price. The other thing is you've got reviews. Your reviews are gonna then help convert that to a sale because people look at that as, as oh, people are already buying this. They're already happy with it. They're giving me the pros and the cons. Okay, good. They convinced me. The other people that bought it have convinced me to actually buy this thing, right? 
And then the other thing is, is you got the benefits and the features and the bullets. You got benefits and features in the description. So our goal is to get found, get on page one. Then once they get in the listing, we want to then convert them. Uh, and how do we convert them? A lot of times it's by the reviews saying if the product is good or bad. All right. So I know that's a little bit off topic there, but I just need people to understand that those images like you're talking about, Adam, that you can show up for multiple images on page one, that could be a huge driver for different uh, people, right? For, you know, catch people's eyes differently. Uh, and it can, you know, definitely, definitely get you more click-ins or click-throughs. Um, so I think you're on the right track. I think you kind of already know what you got to do just by kind of what you were kind of telling me. But I think you just kind of needed validation on that. I personally think you're on the right track. I would go with the one that's already ranking on page one. I would really try to get that one honed in. And then I would move to product two, do the same thing, try to rank it, try to spread out the variations a little bit. And then I would do one more and I would try it with three and see what happens. So I'd give myself those, you know, those, uh, you know, those guidelines as far as, okay, I got to get to page one before I move on to the next one, right? I wouldn't want to try to do all three of these all at once, okay? So hopefully that helps. Uh, I think that's a great, great uh, thing that you brought up, and you're right. We didn't really talk about that a lot on the podcast, uh, but we did now. So thanks for that, Adam, and uh, good luck to you, and keep me posted on how that works for you. I'd really, really um, like to keep in touch with you and see how it's working. All right, so let's go ahead and listen to another question, and I'll give you my answer. Hi, Scott. Loving the podcast. The question is, how do you handle negative product reviews? Do you try and contact the customer who left it? Are you able to ever get Amazon to remove them? Do you comment on the negative review? Thanks. I look forward to hearing your answer. Okay, well, that's a great question. I wish I could call you out by name, but you didn't give me your name, and I didn't see it in the email, so I apologize, but thanks for the uh, for the question, and thanks for being a listener of the podcast. Um, this is another great question, and I do have some thoughts on this, okay? And we're talking about product reviews. We're not talking about feedback. Um, I've talked about feedback in the past, and uh, the way I feel about feedback, and again, we talked a lot about this at the uh, the event that I was just at, the TAS Breakthrough live event and a lot of the people there that are selling all agreed that your seller feedback is really, really important for a few different reasons. The one big reason that your feedback, and we'll talk about the review thing here in a second and answer that question, but I did want to highlight this right here because everyone there was saying the same thing, that your feedback score on your account does have something to do with the health of your account, meaning if your feedback score is low or if you don't have a lot of feedback but you have a ton of reviews, it's out of balance. And when it's out of balance, it could actually draw a red flag, meaning like you have tons and tons of reviews, but why isn't anybody leaving feedback? That's part of their system in a sense, right? Right? If if they are selling product, or if you're selling product, you should naturally be getting feedback. So my strategy all along has been really getting the feedback, and then from the feedback, I get the review. Um, that's just the way that I've done it, and, I, and it's it's a slower process in a sense, um, but it, it's been working, and I'm getting steady feedback and steady reviews. All right, so let's move on to the next part of this. The next part is, what should you do if you get a negative review? The first thing that you should do is respond to it. Okay. Now you can directly, which I think is, is important that you directly go into that review and then you 
say, hey, listen, I'm sorry that you had an issue. Send us an email and we'd love to take care of it for you. Now, some people have said that in that review, they've said stuff like notify us and we'll give you a refund. I don't think that you should do that. And actually, a couple of people at the event said the same exact thing because then it opens you up to having people say, oh, this company's easy to give review or to, to give refunds. I'm just going to contact him and get a refund. And then your refund rate will go up. You don't want that either. So just basically reach out to them and let them know that you want to make them happy and then to contact you and you can make it right. I think that's the best thing. The other thing it does is the social proof of this thing is when other people are reading that review, and it maybe it's a negative review, and it is a negative review. Let's say it's a two star review. Well, they're sh- you know you're showing them that you're there, like you're the company. Like you can even say in there, we're a small family business, and we take care of our customers, and you're our number one concern. Please contact us. We want to make sure that you're happy and that we get you, uh, you know, the part that was missing or the piece that was missing. And then behind the scenes, if you want to give them a refund and then tell them to just keep it, then that's fine. Right. And then you can possibly get that two star converted into a four or five star. Now, I wouldn't ask them directly to do that. Number one, it's against terms of service as far as I'm concerned, but I would still do everything I could to make them happy and just reach out. And a lot of times that right there will take them from a two to a four or five star. They'll do it automatically. All right. But if they don't, they don't. Right. So don't worry about. Uh, you know, about trying to convert that over 100%. If you can't, that's fine. But just publicly, it's almost, I don't want to say as good, but it's its better than nothing to have you publicly saying like, listen, we're so sorry that your, uh, you know, your product didn't come with this, you know, this part. Um, we're going to make sure that you get that. Send us uh, a support email and we'll be glad to take care of you. You know, our customers are number one to us. And uh, as a small, I always say this, guys, you always hear me saying this, as a small family-owned business, we want to make sure that our customers are treated right. You know, so it it just makes you more real. Um, And communicate that in that email as well. Um, So that's what I would do. Uh, Again, uh, you guys have heard me say I I use Salesbacker to automate this process, uh, kind of, because what it does is it notifies me if I've gotten a negative review. It'll email me, and then I can directly email them through, or not email them. I can go directly to that review rather than trying to go sift through it, especially if you have multiple SKUs. Um, So if you guys want to check that out, you can always head over to theamazingseller.com forward slash resources, and then go down to uh, the section there that talks about um, uh, feedback and reviews, and you'll see uh, my uh, my affiliate link there, and you'll also get a 60-day free trial with no credit card, and you'll also um, get a few extra bonuses there as well if you go through my affiliate link, and you'll buy me a cup of coffee. So if you want to, go through that. If not, just go directly to Salesbacker. Awesome. All right. So, all right. That is, uh, that's pretty much going to wrap up that question. Um, I think that's going to be all the time we have today on the show. Um, I do have a bunch more and keep them coming in, guys. Uh, you guys are awesome that are some, that are submitting these questions. So just head over to the amazing seller.com forward slash ask and you can do that. Ask a question there and just leave your name so I can go ahead and give you a call out. Uh, keep the questions like they've been, you know, kind of short to the point. So this way here, we can kind of knock these out um, relatively quickly and, uh, 
you guys can uh, can get the answers that you need and I can do my best to get them to you. All right. So again, that is pretty much going to wrap up this session of Ask Scott. I did want to remind you guys again about Periscope. I've been hanging out on Periscope. If you guys want a little bit of behind the scenes, you know, like if I'm at the like that event that I was just at, I did a little pre-party. Uh, you can head over to Periscope.tv and just search for me at Scott Volker. You'll find me there. Just subscribe to my channel there or my whatever they call it there. I don't even know if it's a channel, whatever it is, uh, my, my account. And then anytime that I uh, that I fire up Periscope and do a live broadcast, you'll be notified. Or you can watch the replay and I believe it's for like 24 hours. So uh, definitely check it out over there. I want to remind you guys too that all of the transcripts and downloads or links, anything that was discussed in today's episode or any of the other episodes is now located in the show notes. So you can head over to this episode, theamazingseller.com forward slash 202, and you'll get all of the transcripts, the downloads, links, anything that we mentioned is in there uh, for you guys to uh, take advantage of. All right. So one last thing, if you guys are brand new, brand spanking new to the, to the podcast, and you guys have never attended one of my live workshops, I actually break down the five phases to picking a product, sourcing a product, doing a pre-launch, doing a launch, and then doing a promotion for that product, actually taking the product from start to finish to bringing it to market. And uh, we do that on a workshop, a live workshop, where we get on there and we teach that stuff there where you can actually do something, right? It's not just like theory, it's actually doing stuff. And I just said actually a lot, but it's it's actually a lot. <laughs> so, all right, so head over to theamazingseller.com forward slash workshop. We also do live Q&A there, so any questions you have, we'll answer them there live on that workshop. So yeah, come on over, hang out with us. We have a blast over there. Again, that link is theamazingseller.com forward slash workshop. All right, guys, that is it. That's going to wrap up this episode of Ask Scott. Remember, I'm here for you, I believe in you, and I'm rooting for you. But you have to, you have to. Come on, say it with me and say it loud. Say it proud. Take action. Have an awesome, amazing day, and I'll see you right back here on the next episode.